In today's video, we're going to look at how we used the history, examination and ultrasound imaging to put together a really well thought out treatment program for this person with Achilles pain. If you have any Achilles problems yourself, then put it down in the comments below. We really want to hear about it because we know this can be a tricky problem and we really want to help as many people as we can. So enjoy the video. Hello and welcome to case of the day. Today's case involves a 64 year old client with a six month history of Achilles tendon pain. Now straight away, any pain that's located to the Achilles, funny enough, we think there could be an Achilles tendon problem. We matched that in with the fact that it got worse when they were walking. So the more they loaded the Achilles, the more sore it would get, especially at rest. So when they sat down after a period of activity, the Achilles would stiffen up quite a lot and would make the first few steps certainly quite difficult to make. So it's very, very uh, characteristic of a tendon problem. Other important aspects to think about in the history, is there any history of hypercholesterolemia? Because that can sometimes cause xanthomas onto the tendon, which can cause Achilles tendon pain. And also, is there any history of rheumatoid disease as well? Because again, that can predispose the client to Achilles problems. But both of those were ruled out. So we just moved on, assuming that this is a standard Achilles tendinopathy. So looking at the examination, first of all was to observe the tendon. So look at the tendon and see if there's any signs of thickening of the left tendon, which is our affected tendon, compared to the right hand side. And we could certainly see that in the mid portion of the tendon, which is two to seven centimeters of the tendon, the insertion is where it attaches to the heel up to the first two centimeters. So we could tell that this was most likely a mid portion Achilles tendinopathy. Palpating the tendon, it was quite tender around that mid portion area, fine down by the insertion, round by the heel. But as we moved up towards the area that was thickened, the client did report that it felt quite tender and quite sore. We did the squeeze test just to make sure that there was no chance of there being an Achilles rupture. By squeezing the heads of the gastrocnemius of the calf muscle, we could see that the ankle was moving very well. Therefore, we can be very sure that there's no Achilles rupture. So from the history and the examination, we're very clear that we have an Achilles tendinopathy, which is not linked to hypercholesterolemia or rheumatoid disease. So therefore, what I like to do now is I like to be even more precise with which stage is the tendinopathy at. So we could have a reactive tendinopathy, we could have a disrepair tendon, or we could have a degenerative tendon. So we use the diagnostic ultrasound to have a good look at that. And we could see that this was showing more evidence of being more of a reactive tendinopathy than it was of being a disrepair or a degenerative tendinopathy. So we had thickening of the tendon, but we st could still see a nice close packed structure of collagen fibers with no real big areas of uh, darkening or anechoic areas or hypoechoic areas as we call them in the disrepair phase within that Achilles tendon. So this was a good sign. There was some evidence of a positive Doppler, which shows that some blood vessels have infiltrated in, which means nerves usually follow, which could account for the pain that the client feels. So now we can label it as a reactive mid portion Achilles tendinopathy that this client has, and we can move on to the treatment phase. Now, do you remember me saying that insertional and 
mid-portion tendinopathies are treated slightly differently from each other. Well, the subtle difference is that when we're doing our strengthening exercises for the tendon, because we want to increase the capacity of the tendon to withstand load. If you haven't listened to anything about the relationship between load and capacity, then I've put a link just up in the corner of the screen here that will take you to that and give you that in more detail. It's really, really key to get that understanding when you're dealing with tendon problems especially. So very, very much recommend you watch that. So when we're doing our exercises for increasing the load onto the tendon in order to increase the capacity of the tendon, we first of all start off usually with isometric exercises. So that's where we'll stand and make sure that the muscles or the tendon is switched on or loaded, but without the joint having to move. So that's the first stage of the loading process. Next, what we'll look to do is to give more isotonic exercises, which will include both concentric contractions, which is where the muscle shortens, and eccentric contractions, where the muscle's contracting as it lengthens. So for example, for this, a concentric contraction of the calf muscle is when we go up onto our toes, because the muscle shortens. And then an eccentric contraction would be as you drop back down to the neutral position and maybe even past neutral if you're standing on a step the heel will drop lower than the step just like in the video you can see uh, on screen now now the difference between a mid portion achilles tendinopathy and an insertional tendinopathy is the fact that with an insertional tendinopathy we don't recommend dropping below that neutral position. I tend to just recommend that people do their calf strengthening exercises or the Achilles strengthening exercises just on, a, on the floor because you're not going to be able to drop below the floor if your house is structurally sound. <laughs> if you're treating a mid-portion tendinopathy then by all means do these exercises on a step once you're happy doing the isometric work and you feel you can load more, then go onto a step, drop yourself down below to a sensible and comfortable range. You might not be able to drop down straight away, but just drop to where you feel comfortable, come up and then drop it down again. And then of course you can always increase the difficulty as your body adapts and increases its capacity for loading. What we don't want to do is overload the tendon, which then actually has a negative effect and cause it to be aggravated and you won't be able to load it the same the next day. So we have to be fairly flexible in finding out what load is most appropriate for you at this time. And then obviously we can either increase that as you progress. The most important conversation to have with clients with Achilles tendinopathy and all other tendon problems, to be honest with you, is what their expectations would be. Now, quite often we have people come in with an Achilles tendon problem, they might be a long distance runner, for example, and they expect to be okay in two or three weeks time in order to run a marathon or a 10K or just to be able to go out and, and do their general uh, leisurely running that they do. This is a big discrepancy in expectations and reality. And it's our job as clinicians to be able to put them straight on this and to let them know that the minimum that you would expect them to be doing these exercises for to strengthen the tendon is 12 weeks. So that's the absolute minimum. And quite often we don't expect to see a significant improvement within that time. So we're looking to at least go through that process twice before we'd expect to see any significant improvement. So the client has to be very, very disciplined and patient with their loading. It's no good doing the exercises but then going out for a 10K run, hobbling home, and then saying the exercises aren't working. 
if you return to that sort of load too quickly, then obviously there's going to be a problem. Now, there might be cases where you can go out and you can run for a half mile and it not adversely affect you at all. That's fine because that load is obviously not outstripping your capacity too much. So feel free to be flexible. I prefer to get people to do what they can rather than stop everything altogether because not only does that affect people emotionally, especially if they're very, very keen on their on their exercise and running, uh, it can also affect them physically. So you don't want them to completely detrain. You don't want them to lose their cardiovascular fitness that they have. But just make sure that you point out that this doesn't mean that they stop completely. It's a relative rest rather than a complete rest. So this particular client is now about 17 weeks into their treatment. We've been seeing them approximately every two weeks over that period of time, just to allow for the adaptation through the exercises and also to do a little bit of hands-on work to massage the Achilles and to also check and just make sure that everything's going to plan if the client has any questions or anything like that. But it's been going really well. They've been showing steady uh, improvements. They've been very disciplined with the amount of load they put onto the tendon, making sure they're loading it enough so that it adapts and increases the capacity, but also not overdoing it once things have improved so that it causes things to really sort of go south again. So uh, they've been doing really well and been following advice and their expectations have been kept in line because we had that conversation early on saying, look, don't expect there to be a huge change after 12 weeks, that's our minimum. We'll really be looking to potentially go through this process at least twice before we start to show any significant improvements in your condition. But it just happens that we had some good improvements by 12 weeks and we've just continued to do the work and improve from then on. But thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed Case of the Day and we'll see you tomorrow with the next one. Bye now.